Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Well, my name is Tom Miller, everybody, and I'm really excited for you to join us, join me tonight. Uh, this is a very, very important call, critical call for anybody who's in charter school world, um, who's a charter school principal or just part of the uh, enrollment team, uh, because cash is the oxygen that drives the vitality of your organization. And without it, you're going to be reaching for any pocket of air that you can next year as you, you know, look at your budget current, you know, current and, you know, current and uh, reality. So one of the, you know, one of the keys that we'll be, uh, you know, talking about today, if you guys can all just keep yourselves muted on your side for me until we got some questions, um, is, is what are the strategies, right? So, so what are the strategies I need to do, not just from, from, from now until the start of the school year, but really marketing your school is a 12 month uh, project. It needs, it needs constant attention constant attention. So um, over the next, you know, 45 minutes or so, I'll hang on as long as people have questions. Um, you know, it could gain your school up to, you know, anywhere from 60 to $120,000. I think that these, you know, strategies work that well, uh, that at minimum, that's what you should get in return just from this hour of your time. Um, and I asked you earlier today, what would you do if you had an extra $100,000? So if you had an extra $100,000 in your budget, which is really only like, you know, 12 kids, 12 students, if you had an extra $100,000, what would you do with it this year? So go ahead and put it in the chat box. What would you do with an extra $100,000? Or if you, if you want to unmute yourself and answer that question, go ahead. I'll let you, everybody's got those rights. I mean, maybe you would hire some additional staff, right? Maybe you would uh, make sure you had all of the tools that you needed for the, pro, you know, for the academic programs, um, right? Maybe you'd find a way to um, get those, you know, teachers' salaries up to where they need to be and, you know, competition with the school system or maybe even above the school system, right? Whatever it is, right, that extra $100,000 makes a significant difference. Yeah, Cynthia says increased salaries. Yeah. And she's in Durham, so that's a, you know, that's a tough spot, right? Those, you know, some of those school districts, they get, they have just gobs and gobs of millions of dollars, you know, you know, sitting around for them to be able to play, you know, with their salaries for a year or two. Now, when charter schools under-enroll, right, it triggers a series of potential poor financial decisions. And sometimes those, you know, uh, decisions can be catastrophic to the organization's culture and, and the uh, overall stability of uh, the school. We just actually had a charter school close um, in its most recent weeks. It, it just, it just ran out of money. And that school has been around for 25 years. But this is especially challenging for a new charter school, right? To just ensure that your school has its, its, its most fundamental basic resources. You know, it's, 
It's uh, all the all, all the materials, you know, for the teachers to actually utilize. So they're not, you know, making everything and are not always making copies or making copies of workbooks or, or just that extra staff member, right? That that's someone in the front office, right? Or that you know, someone on the instructional staff to really make a difference. I mean, it's it's really critical. And if you didn't know, on average, first and second year charter schools range from you know they're only you know meeting about 75 to 80 percent of their overall projected enrollment. So just imagine if you if you started your year right in your house, let's just say your home your home budget, and automatically 20 percent of your take home was slashed. Right? How do you think you would do? <laughs> Probably not very good. Well, I mean, especially from a, a large organization, right? A multi-million dollar enterprise like a like a public charter school is, that's a significant decrease, 20%. I mean, that's I mean, it's it's hard to even think about, you know, 20% because if 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 10 or 15% is your cost of your uh, facility and 65% is your personnel, like you're already over 105, <laughs> right? You're already over budget just from losing that, you know, money. And, and so what I'm going to share with you today is what I've learned in over uh, 13 years now in charter school research um, and practitioner. But I'm also going to share with you like what I've learned working with the highest performing charter schools across the country, but then also working with some schools that didn't have clarity in terms of why they exist and what they do, because that's going to be a really, really important part of what of what we talk about tonight. I'm going to share with you these are you know strategies that are you know part of that you know fully enrolled workbook, and some of you you know bought that workbook, and you'll have that chance for the rest of the week for for you know twenty dollars. If you're part of any of our you know groups, you might want to message me because you may already have access to it, right? I don't want you to spend money that you've already you've already spent, and I'll make sure that you have a copy of it. Um, a little bit more, you know, background, you know, on me, I'm a former exceptional children's teacher uh, who turned into a charter school principal after I wrote my dissertation on the characteristics of effective charter schools. I know, know you've all read it. It's a page turner. And um, over the last actual uh, two years, I have spent, uh, I've been the head of five charter schools in the last two years, just serving in 90 day to six month contracts as the head of school. Um, really helping those schools navigate to a better um, direction. So I'm there with you. Um, I'm, I'm there, you know, boots on the ground with you. And um, it's an honor, right, to, to, to do what you guys do. And, and um, it's hard. It's really, really hard work. So, all right. Uh, I've already reviewed all that. Okay. So make sure you put in the chat box, what's something you want me to make sure I address tonight. Put it in the chat box, in a comment box, because I want to make sure that I um, fully address your needs as well, okay? Um, so go ahead and do that, and, um, and feel free to pop a question in there or ask for clarification. I think I'm going to share with you somewhere between five and ten strategies, you know, based upon some of the problems that I see, so, so we'll see, um, you know, how many. So the first one, the first problem that I see, you know, typically is that uh, charter schools are not owning their enrollment numbers, okay? They're not owning their numbers. And what this means, right, is that leaders need to know their numbers. They need to know the key metrics that drive, that drive the school's success, right? Not just academics and, and, and not just operations, but student enrollment is a critical, critical number. Enrollment, 
attrition, uh, application, application to actual like, you know, physical enrollment, like all this, all these data are really important. And one of the resources that we share, if you get that um, workbook is our enrollment scoreboard, which, which assists you uh, as a school leader and as your team to really track the most, the most important numbers. Re you know, remember when it comes to, when it comes to running a charter school, you know, cash, cash is king. Now I don't want to say that money is the most important thing, but it's right up there with oxygen, right? I mean, it, it, it drives, it drives your ability to do things. And so there was one, you know, particular uh, charter school that I was uh, working with that, that seemed to just have um, an identity problem. Okay. I'll just call it an I identity problem. When I was working with the board, you know, they just thought it was a marketing problem. And I said, okay, well, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Um, you know, but marketing may not solve the larger problem based upon what you have told me. I think you have, you have an identity problem linked with a student attrition problem, right? Your identity problem is, is causing a student attrition problem. And here's, here's what I mean. I mean, you can hire the best marketing company in the world. But if you don't address the real reasons or find out the real reasons why either people are not applying to your school or why people are leaving your school, um, it's not going to matter, right? I could put the best marketing plan out there, but if the reputation of my organization isn't very strong in terms of the actual like, you know, physical people in the building, um, I, you know, I'm just kind of putting lipstick on a pig, right? So your results as a school are, are going to leave clues, but they don't always point to the symptom of the problem, right? So, so one of the, you know, these, you know, you know, problems to solve are why are, why are students leaving, right? Well, why are families choosing to leave? And, and also why are they not applying? Okay. Cause if I've got more kids leaving than other kids applying, then obviously my numbers are going to decrease, right? So, you know, student attrition is when kids leave during the school year, during the school year, month one through nine. So that's one of the attrition, that's one of the pieces of data that, that I look at very, very closely, student attrition data. And then, and then the other data that I would love to look at, but only schools can probably look at it, you know, internally is um, uh, summer loss, right? What, what, what families or how many families are leaving over the summertime, okay? Two really important pieces of data for you to be uh, tracking if you're not already, okay? Now, so you might have some sort of exit interview or like exit survey or, you know, something to that effect to, you know, find out uh, what's causing the actual, the actual attrition. Because I think there's just a lot of, there's a lot of guessing, right? Or there's a lot of hearsay, but I want something that's, that's tangible, okay? So, now, what I see is that these schools have not created a specific structure and systems to really analyze all this information. So, you know, the information may look like this. How many students do I want per every grade level? So let's say I'm a you know, typical school. I've got four you know, classes, grades K through eight, and I want 22 kids per class, right? So that's 88 students per class. That's my vision. That's my overall vision. That's my K-8 vision. So whatever nine times 88 is off the top of my head, was it 720? I don't know. It's like eight, eight or 900 kids, right? So that's my, that's my goal. I want that, right? And then, 
And so now I know how many kids I need. And I, and I know that I typically have a five to 10% attrition rate in my school you know, per year because I'm tracking it. Now, anything close to that 10%, that's high, right? So you definitely want to stay in a 5%, right, or less losing kids per year. So now I know, well, if I, if I want 88 kids per grade level, now I know that my wait list, right, has to be at least 10 or 12 above that. But then I also know that not everybody who applies to my school comes to my school. So I also need to know kind of, well, what do I need? So I always say, like, you want about a 50% wait list per every grade level. That should be your goal. Like, just get relentless and just keep recruiting and adding to your wait list. So you have this, you know, you have this, you know, confidence, right? A confidence. So now I know how many kids I want. I know how, how many kids I want to, or, you know, I want to apply per every grade level. So now I have some confidence that I'm always going to make my numbers. Okay. And we're going to get to that point about how we make sure they all show up on day one later. So I need a structure to know what I want, what's my goal, what's my vision, and what is the important information that I need to track? How many apply? How many apply but don't fill out the enrollment paperwork, right? Like, what's my percentage? Um, I was working with a school this year, and I was like, I don't know, you're about 33% right now in terms of people who've applied who've actually filled out the paperwork. Like, is that good? Is that normal? Like, I don't know. Like, we don't have a baseline to actually show what that may be. And if it's low, then I'm like, oh, well, let's look at what's causing, what's causing people to apply, but not fill out the paperwork. And then we found there was like all these loops and jumps that the people had to do to get from here to there. And I was like, well, how do we just make it easier? Like if they've just already filled it out, like, can't they just do this and be in, right? Why, why are we making it hard? Like we want, we want that quick momentum, right? And I, I kind of compared it to like Amazon. It's like, if you go to Amazon to shop, you're going to buy it, right? You're, you're going to look at it. You're going to look at the ratings and you're going to hit click the buy. It's going to be here in two days. If you're unsure, what do you do, everybody? Where do you put it? In your cart, right? For later. And so what we want is like, we want to track, we want to track the data and make sure that there's no way people are, you know, they're not going to put us in their cart. They're going to put us right in, right? They're going to buy and do what they need to do. So we need to make sure that our system and our process is clean. We need to make sure that we're tracking the right information as applications come in. How long does it take them, right? I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff. Like, so if you're responsible for that enrollment process, oh my gosh, there's lots of paperwork and lots of things. You want it as streamlined as possible, right? So, so you know, building your systems, right? So, so the, so the problem is kind of not like owning a structure and there's all these symptoms, right? There's all these, you know, symptoms that, that show up, you know, based upon not having a clear, you know, structure from when, you know, people apply, how do I track their number? How do I track them through the process? And there's a lot of like external tools now that do that and tell you kind of where, you know, where the people are. Um, I don't care how the sausage is made. I just want to eat, right? I, I just want to know how many people are going to be here next year based upon our projections because that's what I want to work towards, okay? So I've started to track uh, why, why they leave, right? I'm asking them why they leave, why do they leave? But that's not the most important question I need to ask them. I need to ask the people, well, why did you apply? Tell me what you were looking for. 
And in one of our school, you know, climate survey questions, right, is, is all about that. Why did you originally apply to our school? And why did you stay? So just as important as doing exit interviews, you also need to do stay interviews. You need to figure out why people are choosing your organization and why they choose to stay at your school with so many options. Because that list of data, that list that people are going to provide you ultimately becomes your marketing strategy, right? Ultimately becomes your marketing strategy. And here's, you know, and here's what I mean. If a family chooses you because of your, um, your low, you know, your, your, your small school feel, right? Right. Or your small class size or your college prep atmosphere, or honestly, they choose you because of security and safety is usually the number one reason, right? Somebody probably told them you're a great school. It, it really comes down to your reputation. But if I can gather those specific words in parents' language, that drives my marketing. That also drives what I want to get really good at, right? I want to make sure that if I'm, I'm, I'm staying very focused on why families choose our school, and I'm not going to deviate from that because it's easy for me to deviate. Some schools have a lot of opportunity. So you got to get clear and you got to actually ask them. Don't just think why people choose. Come. Going back to my example when I was working with that school that had a, an attrition problem, right? And when I thought it had a marketing problem, it did have a marketing problem, but it was all caused by the attrition. So when I asked the board of directors, well, why do people choose your school? They gave me a great list that, you know, we were a college prep starts in kindergarten. We were, we were a, um, you know, a, 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 a low student to a teacher ratio, right? We have busing, we have, we have uniforms, we have free meals for everybody. And I said, okay, I, I like all those reasons. I, I think those reasons sound good. I double dog dare any of you to find those words on your website couldn't find them. And then when I did the survey of the teachers, why do you think people choose this school? Why do you think families choose? And they said, oh, it's our schools for at-risk kids. Our schools for kids who are falling behind and need personalized education. Our school, right? And I was like, whoa, that's a disconnect. The board said college prep, low student teacher ratio you know, to get to the personalization, but they didn't say anything about the school being for at-risk kids. What caused that? And the next question I asked them is, would you be willing, would you be willing to recruit, right? Would you bring your own child to this school? And 75% of the, of the uh, teachers said no. It's like, oh, that's a problem. When your own teachers won't bring their own kids to the school, how could you expect them to go out and recruit additional families, okay? So the questions that you're asking, right? You're asking families why they choose, why they stay. We're asking teachers, why did you choose to work here? Why do you choose to stay here, right? What are the things that most attracted you to the school? What are the things that you love that we do, right? 
and you're just gathering this amazing list of information. And then you're gonna use that particular information to drive your social media plan, your marketing plan, right? Put it on your website. <laughs> Don't just use testimonials, use their words in that language. And I'll show you some examples later of what that, of what that might look like, right? But my, my focus would be always why parents choose a school and why, and why they stay. Because as a parent uh, here in uh, Raleigh area, North Carolina, we got dozens of charter school options. And I get, you know, I got two kids, they're both school age and they're charter school kids. And I get messages all the time. I get, you know, flyers from other schools and I, and I look at the flyer and I just go, how would I know that this is the best choice for my kid, right? Like, why would this drive me to do something, this, you know, flyer? Because ultimately, after I get a flyer, and if I'm a little bit curious, everybody, where am I going to go next? Where am I going to go next after I get the flyer? Where do we all go when we want to see if something's any good? <laughs> Maybe we go to their website. website. That's right. We go to their website, right? Maybe we go to their uh, niche ratings, right? We go to the great school. I mean, whatever the ratings are, like I am, I'm looking. And in fact, I've seen recently that indeed, like indeed has a rating for your school. So be warned, everybody, any former employees can go into indeed and rate your school and give it a rating. I mean, because where we go, what, what, you know, movies we see, what we buy, like we're driven by this ratings ratio. And so, you know, you've got to be paying attention, right? So, so not only, right, do you need to know why they choose and why they stay, and that needs to be my driving point of, of my, you know, marketing and, and, you know, making sure that that aligns to my mission and vision and where I'm going. But I also need to pay extreme attention to where families are going to go next, right? They may have found your school through some Facebook ad or some marketing ad. But the next step, when they actually get in, now they're like, okay, let me really look this school up. Let me see what other people are saying about this school. Let me start to ask the people in my community who may go to this school what they really think of it, right? Your, your reputation is, 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 is huge. And, and your reputation is your branding, right? Um, one school that I, you know that I was working with, they were getting a, a just a ton of students who were um, really, really uh, uh, just needed a lot of attention. They needed social and emotional, you know, exceptional children's services, right? And and that's what schools do. I mean, but there was just like a lot of them coming um, through, you know, through the lottery. And so the head of school was, you know, looking, said, "Gosh, I'd really like to get these kids some some more help, and I can't." So she started to. Uh, you know, uh, Google um, alternative schools, right? Alternative programs in, in the area of her school. And guess what the first place that popped up was? Her school. <laughs> her school somehow and so at some point got the reputation of being this alternative school model. And somehow, I don't know how it was, but that's where all the families, you know, something in her wording of her SEO was, you know, creating, you know, families to, to find that school, to target that school. So someone on your team needs to be paying attention to Google reviews and, 
and you know Facebook you know reviews and and just seeing what your school looks like you know you know from a Google perspective um, you know what's 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 going out there on your on your own social media page I mean you know remember 85% of people check their social media within 10 minutes of waking up so if you don't have a nice daily morning message right you know something that's just out there something that's promoting your school's core values your school's uh, tenets of the education plan right why why you know parents choose your school maybe you're highlighting you know particular students at your school maybe you're highlighting you know um, you know vendors right who help your school whatever it is it's part of your job, and I know everybody that we didn't get into education to be marketers, but you're small businesses, you're multi-million dollar businesses. And so you need to act like it, right? And so part of that work is having some sort of strategic marketing plan where at least at minimum, you're out there contributing to uh, social media, because that's where people are going. They're going to all these social media pages, they're going to your website, to take a look, right? And I'll pause there for a sec, but I was just looking at a couple of schools here in North Carolina, right? So one of the things that I would do if you're, you know, super curious is I would, I would, I would, you know, Google some of the highest performing schools in your area and start taking a look at their website, right? So here's, here's Lake Norman Charter School. Now look, this is a like, this is a, you know, Stanford type school, right? Lots of money, like, like, like 2000 kids, um, great, you know, development work, right? And look at this first, first initial picture. It's beautiful, right? So if I'm trying to recruit that, that college, right, you know, scholar, I mean, look, I've got this beautiful field, right? I've got this beautiful field. Um, and here's a way to, to uh, donate money. There's a picture of the school. And I feel like when I was on here earlier, I happened to see um, all, the, all, all the graduates, right? There was just a picture of all these, all these graduates on the cover. So you got your lottery results. You got their three uh, pillars of their school, passion, pride, and promise. Right? A way to donate, which every charter school needs a way to donate. Make sure that your school has one, an easy, easy way to just, you know, donate money. But here's, you know, but here's what they got. You know, you know, middle school office renovated to increase student safety, the turfed athletic field, new, you know, press box. So they're telling you what the money went to, how to give. Here's their portrait of a graduate, right? Here's all the things that their school's about. Here's their mission. They serve K, K to 12 grades, right? They're telling you exactly who they are, why they exist, and who's the best person to come to their school. And when you get here, what are you gonna do, right? You're gonna, you're gonna graduate and you're, you, know, you have a chance to play sports. And then look here at the bottom. They've got all their, all their rewards that they've got, right? Some are best national school. Here's some read to achieve like, Younger grade stuff, here's some nights in the news, right? Highlighting their kids, upcoming events, right? Calendar. And in that full, 
fully enrolled workbook, we actually um, surveyed a bunch of parents and we put in there that list, and I'll talk about it here in a second. What, you know, what are the types of things, what are the types of things that, that um, you know, parents want to see, right? Why your school's the best, right? About safety. Communication plan, right? How do you communicate and how often? What's the chain of command, right? Who's in charge of this place? Testimonials, years in operation, mission and vision and core value, why the school was started, equity and diversity, an updated calendar, board members, meeting schedules, right? Make sure there's no typos, no spelling mistakes or uh, broken links, right? So, I mean, look, they got a calendar. They talked about their academics and who they're for, what their grade levels are, right? What they do, they got their sports programs and they can come up here to the About Us leadership, administration, board, right? All their, all their pages are here. Some alumni, student life, right? Lots of pictures, you know, people, you know, people look in pictures. I don't think it's a page I wanted to get to, maybe I clicked on the wrong one. Anyway, oh, there it is, right? There's their seniors. Just an example, right? An example of your web page doesn't really highlight who you are, why you exist, and what you do. Is that a good example? Does that help you all? Give me a yes in the chat box if this is helpful. If it's not, then I won't do it. <laughs> but I was trying to find some pages that I thought would be some good examples. So, okay, good. Thanks, Lisa. Uh, here's another one. This is... Um, this is Sugar Creek Charter School. It's another K-12 charter here in North Carolina. They too have a scrolling, you know, webpage, you know. Um, their mission is to eradicate generational poverty, you know, starting in kindergarten. Um, and I just like, you know, some of the pictures they got here of their, of their students here. Um, so what do they got? So, here, so here's their mission, right? I mean, how do you not, not get behind this mission? I wish it was even, you know, bigger and bolder, right? To eradicate generational poverty for the lives of our students. It's awesome. Um, upcoming events. Here's some, look, they've got out. Okay. Hey, what grades do you serve? Oh, elementary, middle, and high school. Great. Now I know. So you, are you saying that my kid can go to school all the way from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade? That's what I'm saying. They would never have to leave our school. Awesome. And then here's, here's you know, one thing I love. You know, how many students, how many certified teachers? What a percentage of kids are exceeding growth? All kids get free lunch and breakfast. 100% are you know, eligible for a transportation, right? They're, they're you know, giving you their um, key indicators in numbers right here on their page, right? And, and they're using pictures to do so. Because again, we think in pictures, okay? Contact information, right? You know, where the school is up top here, join our team, resources, news, donate. Look, they got a donate page too. Right, inquire, explore. So just a different way of doing it, highlighting who they are. You know, if I went to About Us, um, right, I got my board, join our team, here's the schools, resources. So again, there's different ways for you to highlight your school. What you just want to make sure is like when you're looking at the web page, right? I'm looking at it from an outsider. Don't ever look at your web page from someone on the inside. Because for you, it's all going to make sense. But for the outsider, it's not, right? So you have to make sure that you're taking the time to really look at your organization 
right, from the outside in. Four corners and four walls. So let's talk about the strategies that you know, you know, you know, we've already talked about. One is asking questions and gathering information about why people come, why they choose, and why they stay. Critical, critical information. We're also going to find ways to make sure we got systems to do, you know, do some exit, you know, strategies. Uh, you know, uh, and just find out why they're leaving. If they're leaving based upon something that we say that we should be good at, that's a problem. If they're leaving because it's something that we may, we may not choose to offer, right? Athletics, right? Or whatever that may be. It's really expensive to do really high level athletic programs. Maybe it's not in your mission and you're not going to do it. You might have some club programs and whatever else. It is what it is. Okay. You're also going to build, you know, a, a strategy around having clear structure per grade level. How many kids will we have? And then we're going to start to track like how many who apply actually come and how many actually show up. So then I can start to know how many people do I really need per grade level to make sure I'm going to be at 100% on an annual basis. Any questions there? Yeah, good, Cynthia. I'll move to this one next here. She's got keeping newly enrolled uh, students and families engaged over the summer so they show up on the first day. I love it. Okay, let's just move to that because that's a really, really critical part. So folks now have come in, right? They have said yes to your school. They filled out their paperwork. Now, the majority or if not all of your staff, right, in the next day or two, are they're out. They're gone. <laughs> they're not going to be around. And I think, you know, one of the most important things that you can do as a school is have a summer engagement communication, right? Maybe it's a weekly newsletter. Maybe it's a monthly time on campus, right? Maybe you're offering camps on campus, right? You're keeping that social media, that front of mind, right? Constantly sending it to them. Any new family, as soon as they say yes, should be immediately brought into your email communication as an organization. You want to keep them in the forefront, right, and keep them away from getting distracted because they're going to be attending barbecues and pool parties and asking other people where they go to school. And it just might seem a little bit better, right? So I just sent you know, something out maybe within the last week about making sure that you end the year on a high note. So that means like if you've got employees that are leaving um, for whatever reason, you want to make sure that, hey, look, don't tear down your classroom, right? Like, like let's, let's make sure that every single child has the best experience all the way to the end of the year. Because, you know, my two kids, they, they're 9 and 14. And they come home and say, you know, they don't do anything all day, right? And I know that's not true. I know the teachers put in a lot of, you know, a lot of time and effort. But it happened to be on our school's Facebook page today, and I saw a parent say, does anybody know if, uh, if fifth grade is actually doing anything tomorrow? And it's like, oh, darn it. Like, look, it has trickled out, right? Like, the kids are saying, because my daughter didn't want, you know, want to go to school last week. She's like, oh, we're not doing it. Like, you got to make sure that the end of the year is strong and everybody feels so good about your school on the way out. And part of that is keeping morale high and keeping those naysayers away right? You know, keeping them out of, you know, being able to contribute to the conversation, say, well, you shouldn't stay here because this school's awful because of X, Y, Z. That's a big part of keeping that engagement and then having that plan. What's the communication plan? 
Can, you know, do you have a current newsletter? Does it go out every Monday, right? To keep that up over the summertime, um, keep, you know, people engaged through some sort of summer on campus. Maybe it's, you talk to your PTO about um, having some sort of, uh, you know, lunch somewhere, right? Uh, when my kids first got into Explore a charter school, the school actually opened up uh, physically 60 days late. And so my wife was so mad because we were at a year round school and it like create like a four month, you know, summer for our kids. But what they did is that every two weeks they had some event, right? Some event at the park. And my wife just looked at me, she's like, this is the best decision. I don't care when they open, right? Because she immediately got engaged, right? She leaned in because she knew what type of people that would, would be taking care of her uh, um, uh, daughter at the time. And so, so having events um, over the summer, uh, we've been having lots of tours of our building. I don't know if you know, you've been doing tours, but we've been having um, uh, end of the day tours and you know, weekend tours to catch all those people. So everybody who applied for our school and maybe didn't fill out the paperwork, we're also inviting them, right? We're just inviting every single person who showed interest and then opening up uh, for the public, right? So they can see the inside. Because again, I want to build that wait list. And I want people to have a little case of FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Like, I really want them to feel like, I got to get my kid in that school somehow. You know, I got to find a way, okay? So um, <clears throat> maybe uh, I know Mountain Community uh, Charter School, uh, they uh, used to have this great um, uh, pool party, right? Where they like invited the new parents in to meet the current parents. And it was like this big annual ceremonial ritual that they did. Um, those, those would be some events that I would host over the actual, you know, summertime as much as possible. You could do some virtual, you know, Facebook lives um, as well, and maybe have some of your teacher leaders do some Facebook lives and get them out there. Or if you've got a school YouTube page and, you know, put it on your website, anything to keep, you know, people excited about the next school year in a non, you know, way where you know folks are going to be counting down like oh my gosh you're going to go back to school in five weeks like you want to just keep the excitement high that they made a right decision about you know where they went i'm i'm all about highlighting current staff current uh scholars the more that you can do that uh, the better because now you're now you're building vision carriers and vision casters from within your organization to help you really really grow um, the school. And then, you know, Cynthia, I know you're one of the individuals who um, has that workbook. Uh, so on pages eight and nine of the workbook, right, so, they, so I've got a, 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 a system where to ensure that every, every family shows up on the first day. And I'll hit a couple of the highlights here. So the one thing that you have to have, right, as you're engaging everybody over the summer is, you know, somebody's, you know, keeping track, right? It's probably Marianne, I think. You know, keeping track of who's in and who's out, right? She's got this list that's constantly moving, right? It's like, you know, constantly juggling. So on the first day, the first day that any, that all the adults show up, all of the teachers show up, every single classroom teacher needs a roster with a phone number and email. And part of their job that day is to call home. You're going to call the family. And you're going to say, hey, and it's going to sound like this. Hey, I'm Tom Miller. I'm really excited to be your child's third grade teacher. I'm calling all of my students today. So I don't have a lot of time. 
but I just wanted to say hello. And I wanted to make sure you know that open house is on August 3rd at four o'clock. Will you be able to come? Great. I look forward to seeing you there, right? Or if you're leaving a message, just tell them when it is. And then maybe you follow up with an email. Thanks so much for your time. And it just could be something automated. Thanks, thanks for taking my call today. I know it was from a strange number. I greatly appreciate you. I can't wait to meet your daughter on open house X day at X time. Oh, and by the way, first day of school is August 10th. You, you're, you're not going to want to miss it, right? It's the most important day of the school year. Okay. So that's where it starts. And at the end of that day, as the principal, I'm going to collect this list. Okay, great. Who did you, who actually did you talk to? And who did you leave a message for? Great. So now I have two lists, right? I know, right? And I know everybody has been called and emailed. Now, two days later is open house. Marianne's going to give the teacher a new fresh list. Here's your roster again, right? Or maybe you've got this list where it's got all these new columns on it. And every time a family shows up, right, the uh, teacher's going to check them off and say, hey, uh, I need you to do me a favor. In, on your child's desk or in my hand is the current contact information that I have for your child. It's their, you know, it's their address, phone number, like all the important stuff. I need you just to come over and just sign off that it's correct. Can you just do that? Because we like to send things home and we want to make sure it's right. Okay. So now I have a backup. Now I'm like, okay, who did I call and talk to about open house? And now I have a list of who actually came to open house. So now I can go to Marianne and be like, I don't know, Marianne. These 17 of these 20 kids I talked to and they showed up for open house. But these three, I've gotten nothing from. And Marianne knows, okay, I'm going to try one more time. and We're going to the wait list. And I'm going to just start to move this wait list because I got a feeling these three aren't coming. And I need to tell these next three parents to get ready on August 10th at eight o'clock because you might get a phone call, right? Like you're, you're, you're working down, right? To, you know, so you know exactly how many for every grade level. Now there's a much, you know, deeper, you know, system in the process and the workbook. And I'll send it you know, to you, Marianne. You should have it. Um, but that's what I would do is I, I would make sure that every teacher in the school knows that they're physically responsible for communicating, like talking to a family to let them know when's open house and when's the first day of school. Leaders should not be surprised when they're under-enrolled on day one. It should never happen. And, you know, also taking the time to uh, communicate the bigger picture to your families about why day one's so important. It's five, it's 5% of your child's, you know, um, what, what we get, right, to educate your child, right? And you could talk to them about, hey, you know how hard it would be to operate your home on a, on a nine, you know, 95% budget? But that's, but that's what happens. So just let us know, are you going to be there or not, right? And if you're not there by 10, I'm going to let you know right now, we're going to let in someone else. You know? Now, you can't withdraw that kid legally. You can't do that. But you, but you can, right, try to beat the system and put an extra kid or two. I'm not a big fan of that, but you can certainly do it. Because the one thing you want to get, you know, you don't want to overwhelm your teachers, right? The job's are already hard enough. And now, now let's say everybody shows up and now you got 27 kids, right? And they're hanging out the rafters in that classroom when you should have had 22. So that's, so that's the system, right? And then so, you know, again, the first three to five days of school is that. 
It's daily who's here, who's not. Who have we heard from? Who have we actually talked to? Maybe it's, you know, having a couple people. Like if you don't have like your PE teacher, music teacher that day, you know, maybe they're doing home visits, <laughs> right? Whatever it is, hey, knock, knock. You're supposed to be here. Let's go, right? You know, following up with phone calls. I mean, I, like I'll never forget one school that I was with on day one. There was a line of like 100 people. All, all to show up that day. And I was like, well, where, where, where and how are you placing them? We're just letting everybody in. It's like, oh no. Like, and they just had all sorts of, you know, issues because they, because that first, you know, problem, they didn't have a clear structure for what they wanted every grade level to look like. Does that help uh, Cynthia and everybody? Like that kind of, you know, system, making sure that the teachers know who's in their class, what's the phone, give them a script, right? Hey, and give them time to do it, build it into the day, right? To go and make those phone calls. And then at the end of the day, everybody hands in who they talked to, who they didn't talk to. And those first, you know, two to three days of work days are all about that. You know, you leave that front office alone. You say, hey, whatever you guys need, we'll do. Uh, but let's, let's you, know, you know, make sure we're tracking this information, so. Uh, with the increase of children who need academic support over these last few years, are you creating in-house programs to meet those needs? Yeah, Lisa, you know, I mean, you could do that all, you know, over the summer. If you've got an extra three to $5,000 in your budget, you could pay a couple teachers to do some academic camps over the summer and heck, invite anybody, right? Say, hey, bring a friend, right? Because you want to build, like if your school's under-enrolled, like you want to build the reputation up. So you could just ask them, hey, you know, hey, I'm going to run a camp for, you know, three weeks. It's from eight to eight to noon. And um, it's for, you know, Integrity Academy students. But, you know, you know, we're opening five spots for the general public. If you're interested, fill out this application, right? And now you got them. So now they're coming to your school. Now they're meeting you. Now they're in love because, you know, Marianne's loving on them when they come in the front door. And then they got a great, you know, a teacher taking care of them in the classroom. Like, how do I apply to your school? How do I get in? Well, just you know, fill this out and you're in. Come on in, right? Good. We lose families if if one has needs we can't meet. Yeah. So you know, you know, I think going back to that point, Lisa, um, you've got to stay true to who you are. Now you're a public school, so you have to, you know, you have to serve kids to the best of your ability. And I'm, you know, you know, I'm a former special ed teacher. And I, I just think having that conversation with the, you know, with the family is, is, Hey, look, um, we're going to, we're going to do our best for your child. Um, this is what school is going to look like for them. Um, but, but, you know, we're going to do it right. You know, we're going to do everything we can to serve them. Right. Or you, you, you build some intervention, you know, programs in your school, but I guess it depends what's the level of need that they need. Like, I think there would be some families I would just, you know, I was a, I was a self-contained autism teacher, right? I taught nonverbal kids. And if one of those nonverbal kids came to my charter school, I'd be like, school's going to be tough, right? They'll spend a couple hours here and there, but for the majority of the day, it's just going to be them, you know, them and the teacher. Is this, is this what you want? And, you know, we can make that happen for you. But, um, but yeah. We lose family, yeah. You know, and you also have to do the math, right? So in North Carolina, I'm not sure what um, state you're in, Lisa. Um, in North Carolina, you get, you know, between eight and $10,000 per child, you know, if they have a IEP or not. Um, 
I mean, sometimes you have to do the math to be like, well, it cost me forty-five to $50,000 to educate this one child. Now, it's, it's not my goal to push them out, but I have to be realistic. You know, how, how can I uh, provide those services? If you're a school district, you can take those kids and move them right within your district to really give them a program that they need. And that's why I said, if you could work with your, you know, work with your district or work, you know, with some outside entities to really help those you know, kids get what they need, then that's another conversation. Uh, my biggest families who enter three children in the lottery and get in two, but don't have space for all third and they unroll all three. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, that's a good problem to have, though, because your school has very low attrition and it's a really great school, right? But I do see that. I mean, that's an $18,000, right? That's an eighteen dollars to $21,000 loss right there when you do that. Um, yeah, uh, so... Do you all use the, um, do you use like the one name and then they, you know, fall, like, do they all have their own individual spots in the lottery or you use one surname and then they come in? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's tough. I don't really have an answer for it, right? Not an answer that is with integrity, um, but I've certainly known, you know, some schools that have found ways around it. Um, you know, but sometimes just have that hard, uh, hard uh, conversation. Say, look, mom and dad, you know, I, I can't move this, your other son past this, they're on like, number eight of the wait list. But I will tell you that per year, we usually get to the first 10 in a wait list. So I feel really good. And your son is guaranteed next year to get in. So if there is a way that you could hold on for one year, or even maybe even partially through the year, we might be able to serve him this year. And I would really hate because odds of you getting all three in next year are going to be even worse. So, you know what I mean? Like you kind of play that game about, um, you know, you got two of them in, you're super close, right? Or they can join the board or they can work there. You know, those, are, those are some other ways. Georgia, yeah. Yep. What's an example, Lisa? Can you give me an example? Can you come on and, and I mean, if you're comfortable or just, you know, should be, what's an example of the academic part that you're not able to, to serve, you think, in their mind? Well, we're private rather than charter. Oh, you're a private school. Okay, well, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but the private, right. So, yeah, so most, they won't even give them services, will they, if they're at your school, right? They won't even, they need to enroll in the school district to do it. Um, depending on what services they need. Yeah. 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 And I think that's where you as a head of school uh, of a private school, right? First of all, they should know that, you know, they should know and understand that, you know, you know, technically, you know, the private school doesn't have, but if you're very clear about, Hey, here's your, when your child leaves our school, they're going to be great at this. And I know that that might not be exactly what they need, but we're going to do everything we can to serve them, right? You know, within this, you know, structure. And when they leave, they're going to leave with a, a you know, diploma from one of the best private schools in all of Georgia. And I know you certainly have a, a chance to go to the school district and maybe have those needs met, but I'll be honest, your kid's going to be one of a lot of faces in that school and at our school right you just you just lay it on at our school this is what we do you know it's just there's just ways i think to use your influence right and just really talk to them about what they want for their child i just remember having really difficult conversations with uh 
moms and dads of, of our, our kids that were five, six. And so well, what do you want for your kid as an adult? You know, we got to start thinking about that now, right? I know they're five and six, but they're not, they're not going to be, you know, you know, most of them will not, you know, and this might not be the level of, um, you know, you know, uh, disability that you're, you know, running into, but our kids were significantly and cognitively, you know, delayed. And I had to get those parents to really thinking about what do they want for their son or daughter in the future? So we could start to build that for them. So I think those are some, you know, conversations you could have, um, you know, you know, if you chose and, and say, hey, when they leave here, they're going to be great character wise, social wise, they'll be gritty, they'll have, you know, organizational skills. And let me tell you, I'd rather hire those, you know, folks than really smart people anyway, you know, to be honest, I want someone who wants to work right and, and who can really um, take care of themselves on a daily basis and uh, be good communicators. Right. And just be good, you know, people persons, as my son always says, I'm a people person, dad. So, but I'm not sure if that helps, Lisa, but um, that's, I think that's the, that's, that's the level that I would go to is I would, I would get really clear about why parents choose your school. And I can't imagine that there's not other parents with, you know, kids with disabilities that are at your school. And you could, you say, Hey, you know what, why don't you talk to such and such parent? Um, right. If 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 you could find some parent ambassadors of your school that are willing to have a conversation about why they chose with another family. I mean, that's one of the strategies here that, you know, we've got to use our uh, families to help recruit. They usually don't know. Right. But that's why I love seeing kids in kids in the community with with um, with their uniforms or like a T-shirt with their you know, with their crest on it. And I know, like, I'll watch them. I'm like, well, I know that school. And I know that kid. And I'll, you know, text the parent. I'll say, hey, or, you know, uh, text the principal. Hey, I saw a couple of your kids at the Office Depot. They did an amazing job. Like, you should be really proud of yourself about, you know, how they represented themselves in this, you know, moment, um, right? So find ambassadors, ask your families to help recruit, ask your teachers to help recruit. I mean, right now at the school I was just in charge of, I've got a team of five or six uh, teachers. They call themselves the dream team. Like it's their, it's their hope to rebuild the enrollment back over 700 and they've got all the information that they need and they're working every week and doing tours. And it's not being driven by the principals. It's being driven by, you know, teachers. And, and they're, I mean, they're the ones that can really have a conversation with a parent about what the school can do, you know, for their child. So. Those are some things I would try. I hope we doing on time. 7.54. Is there anything I didn't cover here? Let's see. Losing family. So I talked about website. I talked about why parents choose. Um, yeah, and, and I do think, um, you know, there's, there's, there's some really good uh, support groups out there in terms of like creating like your, um, your like infographics. So the last thing I want is for a principal to, to be listening to this and then, you know, uh, spending like hours of their time creating perfect, like, you know, infographics over the summertime, right? Or, or memes, right? About their school. But there's, you know, websites like, you know, fiverr.com or you could pay for a uh, Canva, you know, Canva um, account and maybe pay a teacher over the you know, summertime a little bit to, 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 to just build out uh, visual graphics to put on social media that highlight your core values, that highlight like the tenets of your education plan, 
you know, highlight the exact words that the families said, hey, this is why, you know, this is why we choose um, such and such school. Um, you know, you, you as the school leader are the strategist, right? You cannot be the technician and, and, and like the executor of all these, um, you know, all these, all these pieces. So it's really important that, you know, that you use maybe like a, it's called Fiverr. It's like F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And you pay like, you know, five bucks or, you know, people will bid on the job um, to, to, um, you know, to do that work, you know, for you. Right. So, you know, finding easy, easy ways uh, to, to just highlight your school. And then there's another page um, it's called buffer uh, buffer.com. And uh, Buffer is, it's free. Um, you can buy a paid version that does a little bit more, but you can schedule your social media posts on it. So, so I, on my, on mine, you know, a lot of you, you know, may get my social media stuff. And I have, you know, virtual assistants that live in the Philippines that do all that work. I don't do that work. Uh, but they go on Buffer and they, they take that daily message and they put it on my Instagram, my Facebook, my link, right? And they just, you know, schedule it out per the month. So now every day at 4 a.m. there's an email and then there's all these, you know, it goes out to like 7,000 people a day, right? And so it's just out there. And so there's ways that you can make it easy for you. It just needs a system, right, to uh, be able to do it. Okay, you're looking for those, you know, systems are really, really important uh, for, for you to have. So we talked about a strategy about social media. We talked about over the summertime planning events, having people on campus even using campus for things, you could reach out to like the YMCA. Uh, my wife, when we were in Brunswick County, she worked for the health department and we should do like the fair at our school, like the health department fair. We used to do car seat checks, you know, when, you know, that was my wife's job. She was a car seat technician and you drive up and like they would check like the, the, the like integrity of your car seat. And if it was broken, they would give you a new one, right? You just had to, it was free because they wanted safety, right? So there's just things that you could maybe do on campus, um, right? So, you know, you could do health fairs, you could do job fairs, you could do, um, uh, uh, you know, career day type, type things. I mean, anything, there's lots of stuff that you could do. And, and that people are, you know, mainly looking for locations that have, you know, real, you know really great parking, what you do, right? So the more that you can um, put your, your, your school in the front and then make sure that, Every time, you know, someone comes to your web page, there's some way you're uh, collecting their information, right? You know, you could just say, hey, are, are you interested in, you know, learning more? You know, fill out this form and someone will reach out to you um, and making it easy for you to collect their contact information um, is always good. It's always good. Again, it's not stuff that we were ever trained to do, uh, but it's really, really, um, you know, important for our school because uh, without revenue um, there is there is no school the school will just ultimately have to have to quit um, and the last piece is just making sure someone's in charge of the plan so ultimately if you're the head of school on this call you're fully responsible but you're not required to do it all and that was kind of what I was sharing right is building a team of people who can help execute some of these pieces Right. You could have someone in charge of the social media. You, you know, you can have someone, you know, helping out the front office to make sure the enrollment and the withdrawals, you know, somebody making sure that there's an automated email that goes out to collect the exit survey. You can make sure you've got your annual school uh, climate surveys asking those types of questions. 
about why did you choose us? Why do you stay here? What are we really great at? Um, you know, uh, if you were to tell another parent about our school, what would you tell them, right? You're just, you're just, you know, collecting their, their info for you to utilize to highlight your school. And then last but not least, the most important stage might be having a specific strategy and system if you're a charter school um, of making sure that on day one, you have 100% butts in the seats because that's what's going to get, that's what's going to get you everything you need. So any other thoughts, thoughts or questions? Anything that I may have missed? So the one thing I wanted to share is, you know, and many of you, you know, might already had it. And if you're listening to the uh, recording, um, I'll make sure that I put the link in here, but I'm going to put the link in the you know, chat box. This um, fully enrolled workbook, you know, we've had this for a, a couple of years and it, it, it needs a little bit of an update. So what I had, um, you know, what I had uh, promised is that, you know, you could buy the workbook for $19 and 99 cents. Um, and any updates that we make over the next year, I'll send you the new one um, at no extra price, right? Because we're going to move this thing to $97 because it's really getting a lot of great value and a lot of people are loving it. And we're going to put some more, you know, training programs around it. So, so there's the link. Um, you can, uh, you know, get to it there and I'll make sure to put the link in the comments or wherever you're listening to. And um, hopefully this added some value to you. And you got at least two or three strategies that you can implement right away. Um, so what I would do is my next steps would be to take my notes and I would to prioritize what are two or three things that I could do. I would grab my team tomorrow and uh, get them lunch and say, hey, we're going to fully enroll our school with a 50% waitlist per every grade level. And here are some of the first strategies that we're going to look at. Right. And I would put maybe someone in charge of looking at the website. And I would put, you know, someone in charge of, you know, looking at our processes for, you know, social media. And I would have, you know, someone go and look at, hey, look up our, you know, ratings on great schools and niche schools, right? And in the workbook, it gives all those, you know, things to be looking at. And then, hey, have we asked anybody, like, why they stay? Like, could, 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 could we get out a quick form, you know, with one or two, you know, uh, questions to our families and our kids? Hey, why do you choose our school? Why do you love us? Why do you feel safe, right? And just start to capture a good set of, of key words that you could start to make sure that you're highlighting uh, in, your, in your marketing strategy. And then on the back end of the summertime, uh, you know, making sure that you uh, follow that uh, process uh, to ensure that everybody shows up on day one. So, but excellent. Thanks, Anita. Appreciate it. Thanks, Marianne. All right, everybody have a magnificent summer. Um, Oh, and thanks for being flexible. I don't know if you saw, but my wife and I and my kids, we were on Dave Ramsey's show today doing our debt-free screen. So the reason why I had to move this from four to seven was that. Uh, so what a great, again, just another you know, system and process that took time. So just like growing your school's enrollment, you gotta just trust the process, follow a system, and eventually you're gonna see the light. And all of a sudden you're gonna have too many kids. You're not gonna know what to do with them. Then you'll be looking at expansion rather than, you know, worrying about next year's enrollment. So thanks again, um, everybody. Bye-bye.